0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Yes, the NBA is back. Tune in tonight. Defending champion Nuggets and Lakers. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio alone. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you and joining us in studio. Best of the best in terms of NBA analysts. Tim Legler. So, of course, we start off with how bad are the Commanders, your favorite football team? <laughs> Listen, man. Listen,
3: man, why you want to do that right off the bat? <laughs> you have Any idea what my Sunday was like watching that? Yeah, I do. Oh, I, I mean, I thought I've seen it all, and then they, they play that way against the Giants. The first, oh, yeah. the first half of that game was as inept as a professional team could be in any sport across the board so i'm I'm obviously devastated. That was our season. That was our one shot we had to make it interesting because we're going to get probably smoked on Sunday against the Eagles, so. It is what it is, man. <laughs> the life, uh, it, it's a its a day in the life of a fan uh, of the Commanders. Uh, great yeah, the to la- see you. Yeah, la- I was
4: actually at that game, and the Giants didn't score a point in the second half. The last time the Giants won a game where they didn't score a point in the second half was 2006, Tim.
3: I believe it. I believe there's all kinds of records being it's, set this year against, <laughs> the against the Commanders. 2-0 to start the year. I was feeling pretty good where things are going. I like Sam Howell, and then, and then now here we are. Your here quarterback are.
4: has been sacked 40
3: times. Yeah. It's, 40 it's, times. It's, 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 <laughs> you don't have to remember. I I felt every one
4: of those hits. Oh. Well, let me enjoy Our it. Our MVP is Tressway. Listen, that's me, all I got to say. Yeah, Our punter MVP. is the MVP of the team. <laughs> who, who also set a record in the first half for punt right. yardage. Let me at least enjoy it. That yeah. was the second win of my team's season. So yeah. let me enjoy that a yeah. little bit as a Giants fan. But, Tim, I want to talk about another one of my teams, the L.A. Lakers. They made yeah. a lot of offseason moves. They added a lot of players onto this team. What is the ceiling for the Lakers this year, realistically?
3: Ceiling is win a championship. Uh, they're on a short, they, 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 can, they can do it. They're on a short list of teams that legitimately can do it. The prospect for the Lakers going into this season is so completely different than a year ago, and even really at any point during the season last year. Like they sort of got it together late and made that run and then ran into a buzzsaw, and, and you know, they realized that they had to address their, the issues of their depth, which they did in a big way. Bottom line is this. Until you see a precipitous decline in LeBron, which who knows when that will be. I mean, he, this guy might be 42, 43 years old and still playing at an all-star level until you see that. And, you know, and Anthony Davis can still be dominant enough. The additions of of what they've made to this team in terms of their bench and their filling out their rotation This is a team on a very short list of teams. Probably five teams right now I would look at and say have a legitimate chance to win it all. Maybe six if you extend it to Golden State. So
4: this is a team that's capable of beating the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, absolutely. Both teams
3: full strength. Yeah, because Denver's got the best team in the NBA, and their starting five has all that chemistry and the cohesion. That's very important. The continuity. They didn't improve themselves. They actually lost some key pieces. Bruce Brown, yeah. Bruce Brown, critical. Jeff Green, even a veteran yeah. guy who had mm-hmm. big moments for them in the postseason. So now you're asking guys like you know Christian Brown, can, can you take that leap now? He had some good moments in the postseason. He's a very young player, but they love him. Can you take the leap now and be a guy that you can count on every single night? Because we know what the starting five is going to look like and how difficult they are to play against. Um, but the depth – is something we're going to have to see. It's the same thing with Phoenix. All that star talent at the top. What do the rest of those pieces look like and how do they fit and how do those three guys mesh? That's going to take time. Denver is the most sure thing going into the season, but the Lakers, Phoenix, Golden State, all three of those teams are are just lurking right there beneath the surface.
5: Tim, another team that's certainly in the championship conversation is the Milwaukee Bucks. And yesterday we get news that Giannis Antetokounmpo signs a three-year $186 million extension (laughs) with Milwaukee. Were you surprised at the timing of this deal?
3: Three years, $186 million. $62 million a year. And you know what? They must have got a sale because he's worth every dime and then some. So, you know, it's interesting. I think there was so much speculation on, on some recent comments that he made over the summer. Is he thinking about beyond Milwaukee at some point? I think what this does it settles everybody in the organization down, right? And it sends a message to Damian Lillard. Like, he believes now they acquired the right guy to now let the Milwaukee Bucks add to that championship that they want. Because Giannis doesn't want to just win a championship. He didn't want to win an MVP. He wants to be one of the greatest to ever do it. He believes now with Damian Lillard and and some of those core nucleus pieces, this is enough to get it done. Now, look, Boston, you know, on paper, Boston is loaded as well, so... It's a two-team race. Nobody is on the level of these two teams in the Eastern Conference. You try to make an argument for the Knicks or Cleveland or somebody to get into the mix. Anybody else? You just can't. <laughs> Philly, Philly. Anybody else? An interesting team. Uh, we just uh, Miami Heat. <laughs> Miami Heat. You know who made the, the improbable finals run a year ago. But there's two teams in the East on a different tier from everybody else. And I think what Giannis did was send a message. To Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks organization, like I think now this this is what I need to go win more championships. Legs,
2: like, is anybody happier than you are about the new load management rules in the NBA? Uh,
3: no, but here's the thing. Yes, I was th- obviously I've been railing about this from the beginning. I don't think it's going to touch the problem. I just don't really. Think, I really don't think this is going to have anything because there's a lot of outs in there, and and some of the guys that we really want to see. That we're talking about are those veteran players with a lot of miles and minutes on their legs, right, that are going to be able to have these out clauses so that they can still participate in load management. So I think, you know, look, some of the younger stars may be affected by it. I still think it's impossible for the league to be able to honestly look at this and say, if a guy goes, you know what, Uh, I got a little bit of tightness in my hammy. That doesn't show up on an MRI, but it could keep him from playing on a given night. I don't know how you mandate that. I just don't know how you can really control it. I appreciate their efforts to try to address it. I've been saying it's a massive problem for the league. It hurts the regular season dramatically. It hurts the fans more than anybody else. Uh, The sponsors, the media, everybody suffers. And they're trying to address it. Give them credit. Let's see if it actually has any sort of an impact. I'm very skeptical about that.
4: Legs, we got the tweet from Woj yesterday that said it was increasingly unclear whether or not Harden would be there for the Sixers' debut in the regular season. And my question to you is, how should Daryl Morey in the front office of Philadelphia handle James Harden moving forward?
3: Unfortunately, they let this go too long. I mean, this should have been handled really at at the very beginning because he said he didn't want to return. Once you're in that situation, and now you're going to basically force a guy back to training camp. They went through this with Ben Simmons. He came in for two practices. Doc Rivers threw him out of the gym. We know how that turned out. Ultimately, it led to James Harden being there. If a guy you know doesn't want to be there, his market value has diminished to such an extent. What are you left with now? It's completely a buyer's market. And I don't even know, honestly, Who's going to want James Harden? Are you going to give up – if you're a contender, are you going to give up key pieces, young pieces, to go get a guy that, number one, has diminished his, his skill level because he's older and he's had some injuries. Two, mm-hmm. you know for a fact is going to have issues in the postseason handling pressure. And three, you have to change the entire way you play offensively to, to accommodate him. Does that sound like, you know, if I'm selling a house right now, it's got a leaky roof, you're going to have to keep this wallpaper I put up. Are you interested, you know, at a, at a at a high price? No, you're going to you're going to try to get that down. And so I think right now if I'm the Sixers, I'm saying, look, we have to move on. We're going to get role players that fit better. We're going to get hopefully maybe maybe a pick or two, but the key is give the ball to Tyrese Maxey and let's find out what his ceiling is. It is time to do that. I think James Harden also really heavily influenced Joel Embiid in terms of his negative body language, his demeanor, a sense of hopelessness at times in the postseason when he saw the way Harden was playing. It affected Embiid. I'm not trying to make an excuse for him because he's got to be bigger than that, better than that. He's an MVP. He got to be a leader. But you could see it on the court. He got demoralized because he knew the guy he needed was not there. He was in one of those dark places. Max, he doesn't play that way. He's got a yeah. bounce. He's got an energy. He's got speed. Embiid really trusts him give him the ball, let's find out what his ceiling is, and go get some pieces for Harden that are not all-star caliber players in return because you're not going to get that at this stage of his career with everything that he's going to bring into your organization. So the sooner they move on, the better. It's not easy, but they should have done this three months ago.
4: Legs, and just as a quick follow-up, the Embiid of it all is what's looming over this organization because that's a player that a lot of people around the NBA are watching. If things go south in Philly, if James Harden is going to be a divisive force, especially with the Sixers breaking in a new head coach and Nick Nurse, does it does it make sense for this franchise to ask Harden to stay away from the team? Oh, man. does it doesn't make sense to ask him to stay away from the team and look at James Harden's salary as an opportunity to clear cap for future and, years? And
3: and I'm, I'm, it's a rare case when I would ever say I think that might be the best thing for the organization and on a night to night basis to go out there and compete and move on. I think in this case it might be because James here's the thing about James Harden. If he is not 100% fully bought in, right? It's it's already some some challenges with him, right? That you have to deal with. If he's not bought in and he's out there and he's got the basketball and he's dictating possession by possession, you are you are literally putting anchors around the ankles of your organization. Yes. So, this might be that one example. You know, if you remember, it also happened in Philly years ago when Alan Iverson first demanded I a trade. Do, yeah,
4: I remember that. Right, Billy
3: King was a general manager. Billy mm-hmm. King said, stay home.
4: Yeah. Billy King, fan of the show, by the way,
2: too. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Bill, Billy's a good man. Yeah. But
2: the only thing that's a negative is that it costs you money. Because yeah. if he voluntarily stays away, you can fine him. If you ask him to stay away, you're losing $390,000 per game. I understand we're talking about billionaires, but there is that part of it. And by the way, to your criteria of the team that would have to trade for him, it's why the Clippers make sense. Because basically what we're saying is, who needs a regular season player that is not going to be good in the postseason? You basically have to have guys that don't play a lot in the regular season that could be good in the postseason. Hence why the Clippers make sense.
3: If there's one team if, in the league, makes sense. That, yeah. that's the only team. That's the only team. But you know, what are they willing to give up to get him, one, and two – Look, you still have to answer the question: Are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George going to be standing at the end of the season? <laughs> so you might, you might, <laughs> and you need, didn't give them extensions either. You yeah. might need James Harden if you're right. the Clippers in the postseason. And based on his track record, and, and it's funny because he has defenders. He has defenders out there, right? That that jump in the James Harden camp. Well, what about Game One and Game Four? What no question three? he was missing no. the other five games yeah. no question no, game one no Embiid no pressure goes up there d- gets it done at Boston game four I thought maybe the signature game of his career the way he played in that game and f- to get that to 2-2 okay the other five games he shot like 28% from the field averaged 11 points a game nowhere to be seen and and you know you can go back year after year after year and I can find you smell you and I've talked about it so many times Find these moments. This isn't like a, an anomaly, what happened last 27 year.
2: 27 straight threes they missed in a game seven.
3: It's, it's you know, go back all the way to, you know, the game against San Antonio. I always reference yeah. when he was in Houston, MVP of the league. And, you know, in a game which San Antonio Josh, sits guys because they're it. waiting yeah. for the next yeah. game to give them a rest. And he comes out, plays against reserves, basically, and doesn't take a shot in the first yeah. quarter of a game. So, look, we know we know his track record is history. This is a very difficult situation for the Sixers. Um there's no doubt they need to move on, and I don't know why they've let it get to this point to be fully aware that it's time. It was time the day he said he needed to go and he didn't want to return, and he made those comments about Daryl Morey. It's an unhealthy situation. You can't put your franchise through this.
2: Last thing, who's more likely, with Tim Legler here, of course, he's going to be on Get GetUp, uh, ESPN analyst, phenomenal, of course. Who's more likely to be themselves this year, whichever version of themselves it actually is, Zion or Ben Simmons?
3: Zion. I'll go with Zion. You know, look, how many summers I've seen Ben Simmons with these incredible workout videos. Yeah.
2: He's undefeated in the uh, summer. He's grinding, Zion, Zion looks great. Grinding it
3: out, shooting step-back threes, right? We, we see it every <laughs> single summer. Look, I hope Ben Simmons makes it back. I actually really liked watching Ben Simmons play when he was at that level, when he was an impactful player um, and had some sort of confidence and aggressiveness offensively. Love to see it. I'm going to go with Zion. I know that's a that's a bet. The guy's played, what, 120 games or something in his career He is so unique and so different and so impactful. If Zion Williamson is able to play a full season and stay healthy and stay healthy for a postseason run, I'm not saying the Pelicans are necessarily a title contender, but, man, are they going to make things really interesting in the Western Conference. you got to remember, they were tied for first place after 35 games. It's not a small sample size. When he went down and then Ingram went down, right, and you saw what happened to their season. And Even C.J. McCollum was hurt the second half of the year. If you have an elite-level point guard, which I think C.J. McCollum is, as a scorer – Facilitator Brandon Ingram, a big wing that's an elite level scorer, and then you've got this unique force that nobody else has, something quite like that, that finishes at 60 65% in the paint, no matchup for. If you've got that in addition to a to nice set of role players there, this is a team that can get into the top four potentially in the Western Conference. That's how interesting they are. So I'm going to bank more on Zion because it's totally health-related. Ben Simmons, there's a lot of issues beyond his health that we've got to get addressed. So that's why I think for Zion, it's just health. We've seen what he can do when he's physically right. He's a dominant force. So let's hope they both end up you know, participating most of the season.
2: One word answer as we say goodbye to Legs. Smalls does not have an NBA team, grew up in the St. Louis area. Give her one team that you think she should root for this year. Warriors. Okay, that's Warriors. it. Very. It's just, uh, it's just a fun watch every night. <laughs> but,
3: okay. you don't,
5: but you don't think that's me jumping on an, an already established bandwagon?
3: Join the rest of the country. Okay. People all over the country do it all
2: the time. Okay. <laughs> I could never relate to something like that. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. You'll see him on Get Up. Thank you, as always, Legs. We appreciate it. Coming up... Purdy, brocking all night long? Not really. We'll get to that next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: See, what, what had happened was. More like they
4: got rocked last night. <laughs> Usually they're the ones that's rocking. They got rocked last night by the did, Minnesota Vikings. Did they ever? Uh, yeah. Did
2: they ever? Uh, Unsportsmanlike yeah. on ESPN Radio. What a huge day all around. The ESPN Radio, we have game seven of the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. We have the NBA tonight. And, of course, the frozen frenzy in the NHL is upon us. All 32 teams are in action. We have a triple header, simulcast on ESPN+. Plus. So all 32 teams, <laughs> meaning 16 games, you get John Bouchergross, you get Kevin Weeks showcasing the best plays, hits, goals, the moments of the night, 7 to 8 on ESPN+, Plus, and then 8 p.m. to one thirty a.m., ESPN2, ESPN+, Plus, six and a half hours, unprecedented, nonstop NHL coverage, It is basically the red zone for the NHL. You'll get that tonight. Of course, the ESPN family of networks. Awesome there. John boucher Kevin Weeks will be a part of it, hosting it this evening. Yeah, we play our Brock song. Niners lose last night to the Minnesota Vikings. And not exactly what we anticipated. The Niners felt for a little bit here invincible. Like that nobody was going to beat them. That there was undefeated talk, as there always is around the good teams every year, and nobody actually goes undefeated. And now they've lost two games in a row. Injuries matter. Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, CMC was banged up. Uh, Drake Greenlaw got banged up during the course of the game. So did Fred Warner. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so you have the two best linebackers, the running back, wide receiver, left tackle. Like, everybody banged up. All of that said, Brock Purdy, our guy, did have a chance with 111 to go on his own 40-yard line down five after a missed field goal. Uh, by the Vikings to potentially win the game. And yeah, but he threw
4: two picks on back-to-back possessions in the fourth quarter. Not great. <laughs> Didn't work out and, well And for to us. me, this is not about the 49ers not being a title contender this year. I think they've proven that. We've got enough proof of concept through a seven-game sample size. Now, they stubbed their toe the last couple of games. A lot of that due to injury. And that's what gives me concern about the macro with the 49ers. Not necessarily the short term. Not what they're going to be in 2023 but what they're going to be beyond 2023, right? When you think about the attrition that this team is dealing with, Trent Williams and Debo Samuel out of the lineup last night, they felt those absences. Maybe those picks don't happen if those two guys are in the lineup. With Debo Samuel – Maybe that interception to uh, that when he was targeting Jawan Jennings doesn't happen because that's an in-breaking route that's based on timing, that's based on anticipation. You saw that Brock Purdy let that football go before the receiver got to the top of his stem. But because Jawan Jennings got rerouted by the defensive backs, because it took a little bit of time, it threw everything off. And and so in looking at how the possessions at the end of the fourth quarter played out for the 49ers, it became clear to me – that Brock Purdy needs to have that top-tier talent around him in order to operate the offense as efficiently as we've seen him do through the first five games of the regular season. That's why I have cause to pause about what the 49ers are going to be long-term. Because as players get older, they don't get healthier. Debo Samuel, last four seasons, only one year was he fully healthy. Trent Williams, 35 years old. George Kittle, wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he's already surpassed the shelf life that we project for most NFL running backs. So my question to you guys is, how much longer do the 49ers have with this current core of players? How much longer is the window? To me, after watching last night's game and seeing what happened in Cleveland, the window for Kyle Shanahan with this group is this year. Because this team is going to have to look different in order to continue to contend for championships beyond 2023.
5: Do you think their sense of urgency is the highest among any team in the NFL? I mean, we always talk about the Cowboys there. The Bills window, we say, might be closing or it might even be halfway closed That's at this one. point. You think the Bills are in a more sense of urgency yeah. situation than the 49ers?
2: Yeah, because so if you go through the evolution of the conversation that we have to answer your question about the window... September 22nd was the first day on our show on Sportsmanlike, ESPN Radio, ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance, that we decided, or not decided, we discussed, excuse me, this Niners window. And that day we discussed the idea of two years. Since then, CC has taken it down to one year. But right? let's
4: talk about why we discussed two years. We yeah. discussed it for a very different reason than what I'm talking about over the last two weeks. We discussed it because that was the time that they had Brock Purdy, on a rookie contract right, right, and right. the value of having a quarterback on a rookie contract. You're saying what 0.4% of the salary cap is what Brock Purdy's taking up this year. Uh-huh. So making sure you can capitalize on that window, you can add top of the market talent, top of the market prices, so on and so forth. What I'm saying is, I don't know that you have that much runway because the top of the market players are not going to give you the the top-of-the-market production based on availability. When they're out there, they're great. The only problem is those guys aren't all out there all together at the same time because of injuries. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen this 49ers team healthy for a couple of years now. Now, they made it to the conference championship game last year, but what derailed that? An injury to the quarterback spot. So, again, that's something that we're going to have to increasingly start worrying about as this team's – Star players continue to get older.
2: Well, and that's where I was going. So if you if you now close that to one year, and we clo- we're closing it because of the injuries, what's the way of reopening it? The only way of reopening it is getting reinforcements, obviously. The reinforcements come by way of that, that more salary cap room than anybody else in the league currently. The deadline on the 31st, right, on the Tuesday the 31st. And so they have a week, week and a half to sit there and realize – our window may only be one year because of health and in age. So, what can we do to replenish it? And we have about a week and a half. So, I, I would ask can we reserve judgment theoretically for a week and a half? Could that window be reopened to two years if potentially they make additions? No. It's still one year. Because
4: the guys that that we're talking about, you're locked in on. I mean, think about this Christian McCaffrey, highest paid running back. George Kittle, third highest paid tight end. Fred Warner, third highest paid inside linebacker. Trent Williams, third highest paid offensive lineman. Debo Samuel, seventh highest paid wide receiver. You're not moving off of those contracts. No, and I wouldn't want to. No, no. But my point is this if those guys aren't healthy and available Mm -hmm. to contribute to your team, especially on the offensive side of the ball around Brock Purdy, then this team, this organization, is not going to realize their championship expectations. Totally agree. And that's my point. They need to have more urgency about how they go out and do their business. That's why before for the deadline in a, in a week, they need to go out there and make a move like they did last year with Christian McCaffrey and how consequential that was. They traded for McCaffrey. I think they only lost one regular season game after that for the rest of the season. So, I mean, they have to make that kind of move to keep up with the Joneses and in this case the Philadelphia Eagles and what they did with trading for Kevin Byard yesterday
5: because we don't think that Brock Purdy can outplay those absences
4: No, I don't. I don't I don't think he's evolved to that point in his career as a quarterback and Here's the thing we couldn't have known it because we haven't seen it Correct. we, we been haven't perfect seen up it until He has been, been perfect and he had everybody his full complement of weapons right and we said the jury was out on him being an MVP because we want to see him go through that adversity what does he look like when everything is less than ideal well we got the answer back over the last couple of couple of weeks and the answer is not great now it doesn't mean that he's not a very good quarterback because I believe he is and I think he has a lot of room to grow but he's not there yet which is why I think it's important for them to capitalize on this window now because who's to say that the stars are going to align to the point where Brock Purdy is developed enough to be a force multiplier and you're still going to have these core players in the hearts of their prime. I don't think those are on the same timeline, which is why Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch got to get it done this season. And the timeline to that point changes in a year,
2: two years, whatever it may be, where what we saw last night and what we saw the week before has to be on Brock Purdy because some of these guys won't be there or some of these guys won't be as healthy, or some of these guys will be older, etc. So, you know, we've compared it so many times to the early stages of Brady. It's starting to feel maybe like the early stages of Russell Wilson where they had that Super Bowl window, Legion of Boom, running game, and then ultimately it became Russell Wilson's team. They were still very good. They did not win a Super Bowl when it was exclusively his team. We're a year or two years away from it being fully Brock Purdy's team, and then a game like last night cannot happen that way. Yeah. He has to win that game. Well, let me
4: be clear about one thing because I'm seeing the trolls on Twitter, and I am not saying that the 49ers can't win a Super Bowl this year. I think they can. What What I'm actually saying is that they have to win a Super Bowl this year because it's it's not going to happen with this core of players beyond 2023. That's why they have to operate with a certain level of urgency.
2: I think you were definitely clear on that. The only only sports disagreement we have is I still think they could be good next year. You're saying, no, they need adjustments, whatever it may be, which who knows? Who the hell knows? It's a year from now. But they're really good right now. But to answer Smalls' question quickly, I think the Bills have more pressure. The Niners with Kyle Shannon have been to the Super Bowl. They were in a championship game last year. I think the Bills are the team that has way more pressure than the Niners. Coming up, would you rather get blown out in a game seven or lose in heartbreak fashion? We'll get to that next on Sportsman Like ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike.
2: Simeon goes to first and the texas rangers 90 wins in the regular season fly cross country and their journey will bring them to the world series for the first time since
4: 2011 just incredible this is an unbelievable feeling what you played for i was sitting at home for three years not doing anything but coaching a little bit of t-ball here i am in the world series what what an honor
2: Carl Ravage with the call ESPN Radio heard right here. And then after that, Bruce Bochy taking the Rangers to the World Series. The third team he has taken to the World Series. Padres, Giants won three of them. And now the Texas Rangers, their blowout win last night. Over the Houston Astros and Arizona advances to a game seven with their win over Philly last night. We'll have that game seven for you tonight on ESPN Radio. But this is sparked a big debate here on the show today as to whether or not you'd rather lose a close game in an elimination game, which Bruce Bochy would know nothing about as he's mm. 6-0 and in, in elimination games, uh, winner-take-all games, excuse me, or get blown out in that game. At Unsports ESPN, Dr. Pepper Inbox, and you could be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation, the Dr. Pepper Call Online, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. And we want to hear from you guys at 888-SAY-ESPN. Blowout or close loss in an elimination game? It is rare that all three of us on a sports debate, meaning the debates that don't matter in real life, that are just in the sandbox, (laughs) in the playground of fun that we live in, all three of us universally agree that it is clear you'd rather be blown out in a Game 7.
4: Yeah, it's not even close. Like, as a former player, I, I can remember the losses that were more closely contested. Those were the ones that hurt the most. Like, those are the ones that keep me up at night smallest to this day. And I ain't played in the NFL since 2015. And those are the games I think about. 2007, the Dallas Cowboys. We were 13-3, and lose to the New York Giants, a team that we smoked in the regular season. Giants going to win the Super Bowl. 2006, Tony Romo botches a field goal snap from our long snapper, and we end up losing to the Seattle Seahawks. And and, and in the situation with the Baltimore Ravens in 2014, divisional round in Foxborough, we had two, not one, but two, 14-point leads and we end up blowing both of them because Bill Belichick exploits a loophole in the NFL rulebook. Those are the games that keep me up at night. Like, if, if you're looking at it from an NFL fan's perspective – which one do you think stings more? The Denver Broncos getting smoked in 2013 by the Seattle Seahawks or the Atlanta Falcons collapsing in the second half and in an overtime in 2016 to the New England Patriots? Not like, close. Like, not, it, to like me, it's literally t- not yeah. close. To me, it's not even close. It's yeah. the close losses that hurt the most. And so that's the one thing, like, if, if you're going to lose, if you're going to go out in a game seven, I'd rather it happen the way that it happened for the Astros against the Texas Rangers yesterday.
5: Yeah, not all heartbreak is created equal, right? Like I th- I'm i a Cardinals fan, so I always think about the losses that the Cardinals have had in the postseason. When I go back to 2004, the World Series, the Boston Red Sox team of destiny. They swept the Cardinals. It wasn't even close. I can tip my cap to them and say, you know what? You were due. No you had it coming. Absolutely. I go back to the 2014 NLCS Game 5 when Mike Matheny chose to put Michael Walker in the game after he hadn't pitched in what felt like an eternity. <laughs> and Travis Ishikawa goes yard. I could still hear Joe Buck saying his name, Travis Ishikawa in my ears because you go over and over and over that one moment if he didn't make that decide to have that pitching matchup and that wasn't the outcome of, of that decision would things have been different yeah and i am not a sports masochist in that way you know mm-hmm. i would rather just know that we weren't good enough
2: yeah okay we're gonna get to phones here but do you want to give pat our producer an opportunity to go crazy on this because he's very angry about this oh sure go ahead pat
0: it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> why would you want to be blown out why would you never want the chance to win like, by, by saying we'd rather be blown out, you're saying we don't want any chance of ever winning the game. Because that's
4: the outcome. You got a chance to win when you show up to the ballpark. Yeah, you, you have well, a clearly, chance to win. If you're out- you
0: never had a
5: chance. The outcome is no. the same. Yeah, exactly. You're going to lose. You're
2: going to lose. So if,
4: if I'm going yeah, to lose.
2: You, I- you don't know it in the first quarter. But it's about regret. It's it, part of it is about regret. If you no lose, doubt, if yep. you lose, let's use the two fourteen point leads. Right, the regret is how do we not put that away? Versus the Peyton Manning Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl, we never had a There's chance. No regret. Like wow, they were just really good. And better yeah. game We players. were too, yep. but they were much better than we were. Eight and eight, say ESPN telephone number to join the show. Phil in North Carolina, listening on Sirius XM eighty. What's up, Phil?
5: Hey, how you guys doing? What's going on? Phil? Um,
6: rather be blown out, definitely. Close loss, I'm sitting there picking the game apart, looking at it, can't get over it. I'd rather just be blown out New hey, I didn't deserve to go anywhere else.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And I would assume CCN blowout losses that sometimes you just move past them, you don't even acknowledge them, and you just yeah. go to the next game versus a close loss. is painful, probably. You have to watch over and over again. Javier listening on the ESPN app in Scottsdale. What's up, Javier?
5: Hey, man, I'm going I'm to date myself. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, I, I go back as far as, you know, Jackie Smith dropping that touchdown
6: pass, um, you know, against the Steelers back in the day, and then Dwight Clark doing that last-minute catch on my Cowboys, and then even the Tony Romo, you know, but that's what made it that much sweeter when the Cowboys did it in reverse when they blew out the Bills in both Super Bowls and stuff too, you know. So that's my take on that.
2: Yeah, and, and again, I think that there is an interesting part of this, that the uber sports fan somehow at times likes the pain, which is just crazy. Uh, Devin in South Carolina listening on 98FM um, in, in South Carolina.
1: Hey, good morning, guys. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I don't know. I think I I, I prefer to close losses. I'm a Duke fan and a Laker fan, and I still remember Vegas smoking them by 30s in 1990 and i remember uh boston beating kobe and the lakers by what seems like 40 in 2008 and uh those, you know it's just those games are always going to be talked about
2: yeah and it's funny i'll go to ucc on the lakers part of it i was just thinking about that um 2010 finals right lakers and celtics game seven kendrick perkins hurt in that game mm-hmm. kobe has the worst shooting game of his career. I love that Kobe game because he grabbed a a million rebounds and just did whatever it took to win a game. Mm -hmm. That's got to kill the Celtics. Yeah. That, that, that has to be so Well, well that's, the,
4: that's the thing. When you have those close losses... You'd that, rather be blown they, that, out. I mean, you'd rather be blown out. But when you have those close losses, they live forever in sports right. infamy. Right, yeah, like, exactly. Think about the 86 right. Mets, right? Game six of the World Series. I mean, Bill... Um, what was it? Bill, Bill Buckley. Yeah, exactly. Bill Buckner has the situation where he's got the slow roller from Mookie Wilson and he has the fielding error and that ends up scoring... Like, those are the types of plays that live in sports infamy. And that's the thing. As a sports fan... I don't want my team to be on the wrong side of history. I'd rather my team be a footnote in the greatness of somebody else, but not to be in a situation where my team is looked at as blowing the game or having a gaffe that cost you the game that's uncharacteristic. To me, I'd rather have the long goodbye. I'd rather be able to process my emotions while the game is still on rather than to have to sit in that all night because my team lost the championship. I, I just – I don't want to feel like that, Smalls. I'm not here for that pain.
5: I'm not here for that pain either, and I'm kind of surprised that so many people are. Maybe it's because they just want at some point in the game to feel hope, but I would rather just have it dashed early on so that I can go to bed sad rather than be miserable for the next month.
2: Yeah, and I'm on the record. I'm sure I'll get it wrong knowing my predictions, but I'm on the record saying that the Phillies could do that to the Diamondbacks tonight. The Phillies, I know they lost obviously last night, but they score early and often in games that they win. Peter in Ohio listening on 1460 AM. What's up, Peter?
6: Hey, man. I just wanted to say I am a fan of the game. And as a Buckeye fan, watching that national championship semifinal last year where they missed the field goal just barely, and it keep me up for a month? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. Exciting game. Exactly. And maybe I just have an appetite for disaster, but I love it because I talk about it all the time. It's like a misery in Columbus, Ohio, I like to share. I Thank love that. Oh, no, no. Appetite yeah, I mean, for took, disaster. He, left, he, there. There.
4: he took a turn. Uh, yeah. he was going, he, we were traveling down the same road, and then he made a left. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why you would want that, especially how C.J. Stroud engineered that last drive to set up the field goal, yeah. and then the kicker misses it. See, Smalls, that's another part of this. That's why I don't consider kickers football.
1: Uh-oh, here we go. That's why
4: that, that 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 is the perfect example of why I don't consider kickers football players. They're barely even people because everybody on the team Fights to get the kicker that opportunity, and the guy screws it up. Just like Jake Moody screwed it up last week in Cleveland for the 49ers. For our boy Brock that's, Purdy. Exactly. That's
2: exactly where I was going to go. So do we look at this as
4: a one-game losing streak for Brock Purdy?
2: Because last night put, was on him.
5: He put his team in a position to win versus yeah. the Browns.
2: Yeah. yeah. So we're giving him a one-game losing streak. Yeah. Okay, I like but that. It, but it
4: wasn't great. I mean, we're going to give all of these other quarterbacks smoke for having fourth-quarter turnovers, that's right. we got to give it to Brock Purdy, we gotta too. we got to do it to and, our That's and, unacceptable.
2: And there were more throws that could have been picked that he actually made during the Course of the night last yeah, night. It was so bad. It was, he bad. was bad. He was bad. Respectfully though, we'll get to that next.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority.
2: So, Smalls, there's a chance that maybe the head coach of the Denver Broncos, Sean Payton, is stealing your bit. Excuse me? I'm sorry? Oh, yeah. I said it. Oh, yeah. There's a chance. Wait,
5: I thought that CeCe was the only one who does take theft around here. Uh, Oh,
4: no. People plagiarize takes all the time. Yeah, That that happens all the time. Like, it's one thing if it's a take from a co-host and it's a topic that you all have discussed. Yes. But when somebody steals your take and they don't. Have the conversation with you beforehand. Yeah, you they don't important. apologize after the fact. Like that's that's getting dicey. That that's when you become hack radio or hack hack Ooh, sports talk. Okay. I'm just just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Why did you point there's to levels, me on that? What did I, do? I wasn't pointing to you. I was just I was just this like i have definitely not no. A it wasn't to you. in your direction. It was it was more more toward the cameras. Yeah. Those people they know who they are.
5: Oh, wow. So yeah, you're those, saying there's people those, that are not those, self-reporting. Those, those
4: people, yeah. There are people that are not self-reporting, pawned it off as, oh. what do they call it, uh, intelli- original intellectual property or t- intellectual take. No, 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 no. No. We know where those things came from. Okay. Just, just put mm. that out there.
2: Interesting. Just that oh,
0: out there. Wow. Okay. Just we know who you Peyton are. Anyway, well, maybe Sean Payton
2: should have said on Sunday, respectfully to one Michelle Smallman, take a listen.
0: This team, Coach,
6: had a weird style where they had blown 10 halftime leads. Only three of those. Nope. Your team, the Broncos, that had 10 straight halftime leads. blown. Well, my team three this year. 10 straight. Right, the year,
0: three this year, but how much does so it mean? You said your team. Uh, the, so let's start and the, say the, the, the Broncos, Broncos had, historically. Yeah, yeah Broncos I don't, historically don't pay attention to that.
6: Had blown that. I don't pay attention to How much to that. does it mean? I don't to, pay get, attention to it. To, no, to see you get over the hump in the second half. The it wasn't our hump.
4: Thing. It wasn't our hump. I'm, I'm saying that respectfully. I, it wasn't our hump
2: respectfully he's using the respectfully basically hey i wasn't a part of that team last year don't put this on me he's that like, they were terrible respectfully of yes. course so that is small's bit he's stealing it from you so do we have to go respectfully at sean payton no now? don't do that
4: no
5: don't i'm not Just i'm not the because we we um took a little bit of how do how do we come up with this? Stephen A. Smith, I think, said respectfully, yeah. and, and we oh, were now like,
4: Michelle's very conscious of
5: not no, stealing someone else's No, I'm just, I'm just saying we don't CC own the word respectfully. So but we're
4: going to use it. Yeah, I don't think anybody can own the no, word respectfully. So no, that's Peyton that's, that's a that part of the the cult the, the excuse me the corporate vernacular. Correct. When you're trying to give somebody the the, the middle finger. Uh, verbally, that yes. that is that is what you're saying. Respectfully. When somebody says respect, when they end the sentence respectfully, what they're telling you is they don't respect you. A yeah, a- and furthermore, you can you can go you know you can go and you know what you
5: know. Also, but- I don't blame Sean Payton for that because I would want to distance myself from last year's Denver Broncos as well. And hasn't he made that abundantly clear that it's a it's a new era. As far as he's concerned in Denver, not great so far. But I think
2: he wants to distance himself from this year's front <laughs> system. That's part of the problem. He wants
4: to distance himself from his quarterback.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but he's
5: like, don't love me yeah, in with exactly. everything that happened last year. Respectfully. All right, respectfully.
2: respectfully, who are we going at today, Smalls?
5: Okay, so this one is a little bit of a shocker because they are winning. And he's playing well. I want to talk about Jalen Hurts and the 6-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Jalen, you're playing good. But respectfully, I need you to button it up when it comes to the turnovers. He's had eight interceptions so far this season. He only had six last year. And I know that they've been finding ways to win, and that that's what good teams do. But respectfully, Jalen, I want you guys to make it to the Super Bowl, so I need you to clean it up when it comes to the turnovers.
4: I like that one. I like that one, Smalls. Respectfully, Jalen, stop giving the ball to the other team.
5: Yeah, respectfully.
4: Um... I guess there's a common theme here, Smalls, because I'm going to go with a team that has a bird as a mascot and their quarterback with all of the turnovers. Lamar Jackson, respectfully, stop turning the ball over. You played awesome on Sunday. 393 total yards. You had four touchdowns, but you still had a pesky turnover in the second half. It was a consequential because the game was already decided. But going into week seven, you had nine total touchdowns to nine total turnovers, respectfully. This is the best defense that you've ever played with. This is the best skill position core that you've ever played with. You have a championship-winning head coach. The Baltimore Ravens should be considered the primary challenger to the Kansas City Chiefs, and you should have the record to back that up. The only reason you don't is because of the turnovers. Lamar, stop turning the ball over, respectfully. (laughs) If you do, your team will be in the conference championship game, and you're probably going to win MVP, The Baltimore Ravens are absolutely legit. They've done a good job of putting a team around you and you got your bag. Respectfully. Give them the return on investment they're looking for. Stop turning the football over.
2: All right. I was going to go an NBA one and go after Daryl Morey a little bit. Respectfully, of course. But I'm going to put that in the back pocket because I think there's going to be room to do that at some point. You're going to have runway for that. I think I'm going to have some runway. So let me go with something that's more topical. Respectfully. National Football League. Just tell us what we all know. The NFL is now looking into the Atlanta Falcons and their handling of the injury around Bijan Robinson or the illness around Bijan Robinson because it wasn't reported. Respectfully NFL, we know what this is about. This is you're not concerned about his health. You're concerned about gambling and fantasy. That's what it is because all the information was not conveyed to the fans, to the gamblers that's you can say it now. Everybody's in bed with it. We're posting odds every single morning. ESPN bet on its way. We're excited about this. The NFL is in bed with the gamblers, gambling as well. It's okay. Just come I would I would be so thrilled if the NFL just came out and said, "Hey, as a result of us not having all of the proper information around Falcons running back Bijan Robinson, we did not give all of the people setting lines gambling on games all of the information that we have promised to give them." As a result, we now have to look into this because something like this can't happen again. Just tell us what we already know. That's all this is about. That's all the injury report has ever been about. Because all, if, if it's not about that, then it's target practice. I need to tell Trent Williams going up against Chris Canty that Chris Canty has a shoulder injury so I can give him a target? Why would I ever want to do that? Why would I want to hurt you more than you're already hurt? We all know it's about the gambling. Just tell us that now. It's It's not like a bad language anymore. We all embrace it. You can do it legally. You can do it honestly. You can do it morally. I'm not even a gambler. Why do you think they're looking into this with B. John Robinson? Respectfully, of course. It's not, oh, I hope he's okay. It's DraftKings, Fandle, everybody involved in this right now, they didn't have all of the information that they need. Respectfully, of course.
4: Respectfully, I don't think that would have mattered as much if Desmond Ritter didn't have the three red zone
2: fumbles. Respectfully.
6: But it doesn't matter
2: because people are going into that game without all of the information. Fair. And that's what it's all about. But trust me, I could have done a respectfully on Daryl Morey that you guys would have jumped in on.
5: you were going to say respectfully, let's get off Bill Belichick's back after he won win 300
2: No, I'm going to buy into what Damian Woody said on our show, unfortunately, which is that the Patriots are not that relevant right now. Damian Woody said it with us, former NFL player, ESPN NFL analyst. I'm not going to try to insert them more than I already do because they are not as relevant of a team as they once were. They're just not They're not as relevant as a team that made a big trade yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles. What does that mean for them, and
1: could there be more trades coming? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.